the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Innovators Network. Kim McNicholas on innovation. Spotlighting successful entrepreneurs, innovators, investors, and industry experts. Their stories and insights can help you become better informed, better educated, and a better investor. Your host is Emmy Award-winning anchor, reporter, and writer Kim McNicholas. Kim has been a journalist at Forbes magazine, a Fox News Channel contributor, vetted more than 3,000 startups, and has been a mentor for entrepreneurs around the globe. Now, Kim McNicholas on innovation. On such a hot day, why not bring up one of the hottest topics in technology, cybersecurity? I don't think one day goes by where you don't hear about someone getting hacked. It's ridiculous. And with 178,000 startups emerging around the world every single month, and I bet you, I'm willing to bet you, 175,000 of which are all cybersecurity companies, <laughs> still the hacking continues. Still your information is vulnerable. What in the world? Is there going to be an answer to this really widespread problem? Well... We have a company in studio today. We have Resp- Respond Software. It's the first company to automate security analyst decision-making. We'll get into what that means in a moment. But it is a startup, one of those 178,000 startups around the world. And what did I say? 175,000 of which are all cybersecurity companies. <laughs> Mike Armistead is the co-founder and CEO. What an intro, right? Yeah, <laughs> I know. Thank you very much. <laughs> Just a number. Just <laughs> a number. Well, you know, are you the holy grail? What makes you the holy grail? Uh, no. <laughs> We're going to start out with the big question first. Boy, no kidding. <laughs> you know, uh, I probably have that question thrown our way all the time. And you know what? The, the truth of the matter is there isn't a silver bullet here. I mean, there, it's, a, it's a very dynamic marketplace. It's a lot of different technologies, a lot of different angles that either the adversaries could take or other people could use to block. Mm-hmm. Um, there's different ways to roll things together. And probably most importantly, not every business works a particular way. So you, you can't really have one whole There's no one stop one, shop, right. no cybersecurity in a box that fits everybody. That, yeah, that's correct. I mean, you know, all, or the basis of everything is the business that the enterprise is in or the uh, different companies, what they do. And so they have what we'd call a different attack surface. Mm-hmm. So whether they're completely online, that's partly their attack surface, or whether they're a, you know, a, a mom and pop store. You know, and, and the front door is, is their attack surface or the back door is their attack surface, you know, that kind of thing. And everyone has a different profile right. along those lines. And so it makes it such that no one's really going to be able to give that one thing that solves it. What you can do is you can be better than your neighbor mm-hmm. uh, and other people and hope that the adversaries are going for the path of least resistance. 
And, but the thing that I, I feel really bad for the businesses out there and having to make the decision as to which security software or techniques to actually use, what is their armamentarium? I mean, what should it look like? How do you make that decision? It's almost like how do you choose one a particular doctor, you know, and it's, well, you know, I think he has the credentials. I think he's the best, the best. I think he knows all the answers. I think he's going to protect me 100% or at least 98, 99%. But it it comes down to an alignment of the f- philosophy probably that you believe or you buy into is how you end up protecting and buying the software that protects you. Uh, true. And I tell you what, it's not. Even I got confused walking around the security trade shows. I've been in the industry for, you know, 15 years. Right. And you really, it's, if you're just listening to the marketing, because it's such an important problem to solve, everybody wants to tell you they solve it. Yeah, but what is and, it? Right, exactly. No, I mean, that's, you, you put your uh, finger on the, on the real problem. It, you really, what someone has to do is to look at their, uh, their enterprise and what's most important to them. Really assess what are the places that are weak mm-hmm. and which places are stronger and then come up with the, that little blueprint that says, okay, I've got to reinforce these particular areas. Um, and in other areas, I'm going to use people or I'm going to use other kinds of approaches. Uh, and you look for a partner who you're right, who has maybe done this before or who has something that is, that is uh, so helpful to the organization and to my own business objectives that uh, I will benefit greatly from using them. Right. So you founded the company, Response Software, at the beginning of 2016, and you launched out of stealth, what, a month ago? Yeah, a couple weeks ago, right? Jeez. (laughs) So (laughs) from the moment of inception till the moment of launch, so much changed. So that same idea that you had when you launched it, how do you know that one of the adversaries hasn't come, you know, and literally... Um, blown all the all you know blown past you already yeah or the solution that you made yeah great question mostly because we don't focus on any particular threat vector mm-hmm. or any you know something that the bad guys are going to use what we're looking for are, are something that uh, can handle a lot of different kinds of attacks no matter what uh, you know technique they tend to be using mm-hmm. and you know what what organizations uh, typically put in place are people to kind of help make the assessment of if I see alerts or I see funny things happening and I know my business, is this important to it? And so, you know, to your setup, uh, this is partly what we're looking to emulate in software is, is that decision-making that an analyst would go through to say, this looks like a network intrusion. So let's, let's go back a little bit to the foundation here. So you have a business and they've purchased all of this software. And they have someone who's monitoring all of this software. Um, depending at, at what point in a business when they're scaling, should they have someone that's monitoring that 24-7 and focused on that? Because, you know, honestly, in a five-person business, they're not going to do that. Um, maybe even in a 20-person business, not going to do that. Yeah, you know, it, like I said, it gets back to your what goods you have and then the uh, attack surface that might be available. If you are a... There is such a thing. Well, if you're a, you're a, a retailer um, that's collecting credit cards mm-hmm. and you're small, it doesn't matter that uh, so much that you're small if you want to make sure you have a safe environment for your you know your uh, customers. 
uh, if you're a bank or if you're you know one of that type of business. Right. If you're a bank, I mean, you better have someone on at 24-8, more 25-8 maybe. But, yeah, um. it, exactly. Well, I mean, it, it's a, you're exactly right. It's it's not, not everybody should do everything. Right. In fact, you know, 100% security is usually not 100% great for the business because, mm-hmm. you know, it just – you've got to – align it to what the business goals are and what they're trying to do and and to put that amount of budget towards security and and how you stack it and sometimes it's technology yeah. and sometimes it's you know people and okay. so with what you're doing is you're saying well you should have someone monitoring 24 7 and you've created a software that actually acts as if it is that person well i think more so we're saying is the attackers don't usually have, you know, clock in at eight and no. leave at five. <laughs> That's true. Um, in fact, they look for That's true. <laughs> they look for those those places where you might not be watching so much. Yeah. And so uh, you do need something probably even other than a human mm-hmm. because uh, in large corporations, the scale has gotten just, uh, you know, immense. It's, it's an avalanche of data yeah. coming at these guys. And that not just... Uh, business data, but the security data itself, the, mm-hmm. the alerts that are coming at them. Um, and they all go to people, and those people have to interpret it, connect the dots, decide on, you know, what, I, what do I care about or what I don't care about. Right. And so um, there's a huge shortage in, in people that are able to do that. And that affects small, medium, large, you know, all the way across. It's just in, in this case, we just don't have enough people who are capable of doing it and i will have to say um it also is a situation where if you're just watching events and alerts happening um we call that kind of the staring at the console kind yes of thing. not the most fun <laughs> job either <laughs> and so and Mm-mm. and humans have been shown not to be very good at that you know after i know there have been other studies about you know watching video for 20 minutes you just don't even tend to see anything uh, after that time um, and it's the same way. So if you have people monitoring or uh, and that, too, you, you actually need something else to kind of capture everything that's going on. So Well, coming up right here on Kimmy Nicholas on innovation, you'll find out just how many unfulfilled jobs there are in cybersecurity over the next five years. And, hey, maybe Response Software might take a few of those off the docket. But stay with us. Now, back to Kim McNicholas on innovation. Wow, I think the number one job in the U.S., hmm, maybe even the world, at least the U.S., in the next five years, if you have kids going to college, tell them to get into cybersecurity. The number of unfilled cybersecurity jobs will rise to 1.8 million a 20% increase from 2015 estimates. And that's according to a recent study. Unbelievable. But, you know, some of those jobs could be taken by a computer if Mark Armistead and Respond Software has anything to do with it. Mike Armistead is the co-founder and CEO of Respond Software, and it's the first company to automate security analyst decision-making. Is a computer... A, as good of a decision maker as a human in this case. Or mm, I could imagine with data analysis, maybe a computer might just do the trick. You know, that's it, a great question. The We think, in fact, for particular use cases that mm-hmm. we've started on, we our, our guys who trained that computer actually think it's better than them now. Uh, 
They're willing to admit that? They're willing to admit it. And you know, and you know why? Cause, it's a good person. <laughs> well, what, what a computer can do that's hard for a person yeah. is it just, it remembers everything. It remembers all 42 or 120 checks that it needs to make on every single alert that it may see. And it'll do that all the time without getting tired or distracted or, you know, that kind of thing. And it's, it's so it, it doesn't need a coffee break. Yeah. And, <laughs> and part of our technology as well is it, it learns right. uh, as well. And like, you know, a lot of artificial intelligence uh, type systems is that we will accept feedback and we expect the human and the different people in the, in the organization to say, Hey, that was, that was really good. Or, Hey, you know what? I don't want to see anything more like this. Cause I, I checked it out. It doesn't, it's not, not an important thing. And we will update um, our models that are working in there to accept that and actually be better next time. And so a business that would uh, want to potentially get your software, it's, it's really a company that has already put together their cybersecurity suite, initial cybersecurity suite, whatever their solutions are based on whatever their philosophy is on how to best protect their business. It, they have it all there in a box, right? You come in and say, well, you don't need to have a person necessarily monitoring that box. We're going to monitor all of the alerts and make sense of them for you as it relates to your business. That, that's right. I mean, we, we aren't in the business of the detection side right. of things. They, we rely upon that infrastructure that they have, whether it is just a little bit or even a lot. Because what we've done in our system is figure out all the factors that you'd consider. So you say, hey, I see this going on. And this attack's going to this set of computers, mm-hmm. and it it looks like it's of this nature. And then, guess what? That set of computers was a critical asset for me and my company. I'm going to escalate this more readily. And we, when we tie that together, we give a probability of, you know, this thing is malicious. Something so bad's happening. So you have all the planes flying. You're watching all the planes, and you're in traffic control. Uh, in in a lot of cases, and we're giving then priority to which one needs to land. Right, exactly, <laughs> or, or take exactly. Off, right? Yes, <laughs> in, indeed. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> I love that. And and so, um, what is it that when you're going out there to these CIOs, the chief information officers, the decision makers in these companies? Do they go, oh, no, not another cybersecurity company, not more money I have to spend? Well, the, the beauty <laughs> Isn't of there what, enough out there? Yeah, well, and, and they do. And then we tell them, no, we're going to make what you have more valuable. Because what organizations do, they usually crank down the volume of all that technology they've bought mm-hmm. to match the capacity of the people who can look at it. So we're saying, no, no, you want to leverage all of it. So you don't want to just just look at your critical alerts. Look at your highs and your mediums. And software and computers can do that a lot better because they can scale to that level mm-hmm. of uh, information that's, that's flowing. And so our message to them is, you know, we, <laughs> we find that gold in them, our hills that, that you have. <laughs> that even, even on certain technology that you may have given up on, yeah. you know, that's kind of older school security technology. And it's... Uh, it's, you know, part of our value proposition to them is that, you know, you, you get that added value. So you've been around a year, founded uh, 2016, so about a year, right? Yep. And, and you launched a couple, just a couple weeks ago. 
Any good stories already? I'm sure you had probably some big customers that were like, sure, you want to you test out on us for free? Sure. We'll, we'll do a beta test. Yeah. yeah and <laughs> Or were they paying customers right away? Uh, we uh, kind of classic startup. You, you know, you do go to the people who you've worked with maybe in the past and they're hopefully willing to trust you. And, and you have and quite the history thing. in cybersecurity. Yeah. And I, I feel like myself and the other co-founders have, have had uh, a good reputation. Right. So they're willing to, to, to go with that a little bit. So you go to them first. And, and what we, we first ask them, just give us historical data. We'll show you how we would have performed mm-hmm. uh, in that. And so, yeah, we, we have a, um, like one particular example was we looked at uh, three months of data. It was about 600 million of uh, alerts. That, that's, and that's, that's a lot of alerts. Yeah, that's kind of mid, believe it or not, that's about mid-size for uh, this particular area. Uh, and, you know, they had a... For a, one company? That was just one company, yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah, I mean, it, it's... The, What's the size of the company? I mean, you said it's large, but are we talking Fortune 500, Fortune no. 50? Mm, no, yeah, no, it's uh, uh, probably uh, Fortune 1000. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Uh, so they had a team that was also set to look at some of that. But they've, of course, like I had mentioned, dialed it down a little bit. Um, we, we took that. We thought through our initial processing that about 400,000 of those were interesting enough to process further. Yeah. And then we have a, you know, our, our technology in the cloud we call our decision engine. And so we sent those 400,000 to our decision engine. And what it does is it goes through all those factors that I was mentioning. We're saying – hey, I'm going to look for different evidence of malicious activity. Okay. And then I'm going to also tie it to contextual information that you have about your business, you know, what what computers are more important than others or networks are more important than others. Okay, that's what you mean in terms of the business. Okay. That, yeah, and then, and then we're able – we found about, in the end, 102 different incidents mm-hmm. that we felt were, uh, you know, that the organization should have been looking at. It so happened that they uh, also had a, a team that they call red teams that come in and, and um, they're people you contract with to actually act like a hacker to, oh, see, to wow. see how well you do against that hacker. Mm-hmm. And they had uh, a couple of projects going on there that, uh, that we caught and that they're actually the people kind of missed. And so, you know, that was a good story for us because we could say, you know, we're, we're catching these things, but we're also not giving you so much that you're flooded with it, because that's really decision boy. It's just as important what we. You didn't don't want give to the them. boys that cried wolf. I mean, you oh, want, yeah, right. and there are too many of those right now. But by the same token, I mean, gosh, there's there's that one that you're just like, ah, oh, cry, cry, cry. I'm tired. It's like always at that inflection point. Oh, of, of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're like, nope. I'm always awake. I'm always alert. I'm always here for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, coming up right here on Kim McNichols on Innovation, we have actually another cybersecurity startup, and this female entrepreneur wants to tap into your expertise. So we'll get her on the line next, so stay with us. Now, back to Kim McNicholas on Innovation. Welcome back to the show. We have with us Mike Armistead. He is the co-founder and CEO of Respond Software. It's the first company to automate security analyst decision-making Basically, with all the thousands of cybersecurity companies around the world and no one having the holy grail, here's a company that's coming in and they're saying, you can buy all the software that you want and we're going to actually 
monitor it for you and to help you figure out which alerts are the most important and, and critical to your business. But even more importantly, I mentioned in the last segment over the next five years, the number of unfilled cybersecurity jobs is going to rise to 1.8 million, which is a huge number. Your response software will actually take a few of those jobs off the market. Yeah, we that's that's how we talk to our customers in, in a lot of ways. It's that for you to have gone through all these alerts, you would have needed 18 people. Mm-hmm. And you had to give them, you know, they had to go home on weekends and go to sleep and, you know, take breaks and stuff. But it it's along those lines. And we really do believe we're, we're adding that capacity that is so lacking in that. And it's a very novel way to even think about this problem, but it's, we believe it's the right way. And our customers giving us feedback that it's, uh, it, it's what they think about too. And how did you come up with the problem and the solution? How did you decide that... Well, obviously, when you're looking at 1.8 million cybersecurity jobs unfilled in the next five years, critical gap in business around the world. How did you figure out that that was the problem you wanted to target, that was the biggest problem to target, and figure out ultimately the solution for that? Yeah, you know, it was no— I wish I was in the boardroom for that one. (laughs) You know, it was— it's it's not a mystery and hasn't been for many years that there was this big shortage of skilled people that that could you know that come in in fact w- the way it's happened is these people uh, because this shortage got so extreme either people were outsourcing this or they what they were doing is getting lower and lower cost because they just had to find more and more people mm-hmm. and they're getting less and less capable because of that and so it's kind of been this downward spiral so that was no no mystery the thing that happened over the last number of years is that the amount of processing power we have to do um, the kinds of algorithms and the inspection we need to do with our software um, has just uh, exploded. And so we've been able to take advantage of that and take advantage of just uh, these mathematical models that are coming in that make up what AI is all about uh, and to make it practical, to actually be applied to the problem, which hasn't happened. And it's happening in other industries as we've seen today with the self-driving cars and, the, you know, other things that now there's enough processing power that we could actually take in all this, all these alerts and all these feedbacks and all these data points, be able to process them and have a, an answer, make a decision. So if hackers have the ability to hack literally every piece of software out there that is designed to protect these businesses... What is it about what you're doing that's unhackable? That's a question I hadn't <laughs> thought of. Kim. What we're what we're doing, well, and what we would notice quite readily is this thing's behaving a little differently here. I mean, we're not expecting it; it's going, uh, you know, in, into a place we didn't didn't expect. Now, partly what we do is we take those things that are more of the um, I don't, you know, more of the the mainstream kinds of hacking, the things that are really creative that, the, you know, the the adversary is is just being brilliant about and things like that. And our minds, that still requires people. Mm-hmm. People are still going to have to hunt and find them. They're still going to have to do play games like yeah. if you've heard of these deception grids about, 
yeah. trapping the 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 attacker into believing they're in something cool. Trapex. Uh, Trapex, yeah, um, uh, a company and a technology there. Uh, those you you still need those. And in fact, what we're what we believe we do is we free up the security teams to do those kinds of things, which are the really hard things, mm. and not to sit in front of a console and you know connect dots between a million different things. And and so that's an, we're an enabling technology. Uh, um, and but still, everything needs to be monitored. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, which is so true. Yep. And we have someone that's on the line. She's been waiting for a while. Her name is Karen. Uh, she, I believe, Karen, you're in Europe, aren't you? I am, yes. Can you hear me? And you have been dying to talk to someone who can give you some insight into how to scale what you are working on. What is your passion? I, hello, Mike. Hello. Um, Lovely. See, lovely she was excited, hear. right? She's so <laughs> excited to just talk to you. I'll let you go for it. Give us your 30-second pitch. So based on what you've said, the way Ken, Ken beautifully put it is that you, once a small and medium business has picked their set of solutions for their systems and their people and their processes, you come in and do the monitoring I'm that step before. So in the same way that you're automating the monitoring and you're taking that, um, instead of having a, the people sitting at the desk monitoring these threats, I automate the selection of um, what they need in the first place. And I do that with a comparison website for cybersecurity. And that's people, processes, hardware and software. So you described the example that, you know, when the hacker goes and does something that's really, really quite complicated, which is, you know, the unprecedented stuff is happening. You detect it. Some Somebody like, um, um, you know, your software re- detects it. I've helped the small and medium business have something like cyber insurance or cyber regulation in place so that they can actually then de- detract from a fine or not be paid, you know, not, you know, be covered for the losses that they've had to incur. So I'm a dual, dual marketplace and I automate that um, that selection process. So a business owner or an IT manager would go on, answer a couple of questions, like a regulation a questionnaire. I do a gap analysis, risk score, and then my algorithms <clears throat> churn out a series of bundles of, of solutions that they personalize and buy. And I think I'm way over my 30 seconds now. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, that's good. I mean, I, you know, one of the things that is important, we talked about this earlier in the show, was the business knowing where they're at and where they're weak and where they're not. Mm-hmm. And so exactly. what are their vulnerabilities? Right. So you, you're helping them basically make that as, that self-assessment. I will have to say yeah. from, from our end of things, we're actually more targeted at the larger corporations than the small to medium. Our concept applies, though, across the board. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah. us as a business is doing that. But you're able to take that that small medium and just give them a, a ability to say, okay, I, I I haven't even thought about this, but I actually I've got a firewall here, or I've got you know something else that might. That help you me. need a firewall. That you need some sort of deceptive technology, and then you also need another technology that will comb through emails and make sure that all your Word documents and Excel documents are you know the way also, they should be, right? Also, tr- training. Training is a big one that gets missed out. You mentioned people, Mike. A lot of these, a lot of the problems are actually just reconfiguring who's in charge and who's looking after what, and having some kind of business continuity in place. 
and they just need to do that once. And once it's in place, then the really complicated stuff gets handed over to the likes of um, companies like Mike's. Mm. So we just we just make that very simple for them. And also we're affected. It's not just for the businesses, but it's also for suppliers as well. So we qualify leads for you. So where are you at in terms of your business? Where are you at in terms of implementation? So the, the platform is built, the algorithms are built, and we're just um, we're um, onboarding suppliers right now. And we're actually, the way we've built it, we can plug and play questionnaires, regulatory questionnaires, automated ones in the front end, and then we can also plug in marketplaces into the back end, and that's what we're doing. So we've built it all, we've tested it all, and we're just getting everybody on board because it's the marketplace of marketplaces, which is taking a lot of time because it's not easy. First time we've done it. And but I'd, I'd, love to, I'd love to know from you, Mike, how what I find interesting is what's the it's actually bringing everybody together so that, you know, the, all, the customers and the suppliers, all of you get a view on what the marketplace is and actually making that very clear and easy. One of the next products we're looking at is actually having like a um, like a cyber risk barometer. And so for you as well, you can see where the demand is. I mean, I've had a lot of suppliers say that they'd need how how that would link in with other corporates and, you know, the Forbes 2000 companies and, and what they're trying to sell and help them sell their IT products. I'd love to have your insights on that. You know, I, I, I actually think the uh, idea of marketplace and and uh, building a building someplace where uh like you said, both the suppliers and the consumers of either the information or the services and that uh, can be is uh, is can be very effective. I, I you know I do think the the key parts of that is if uh, to attract the people there, you know, you, you need to have uh, a compelling reason. And maybe for the suppliers, it's the just that base of customers. But for that customer, it's likely to be education. And mm-hmm. you know, you, you were you were talking a, a bit about the things like assessments. Um, you know, or, or other kinds of uh, training or, or just informational type things. Um, you know, and if they feel like it, you know, hey, I'm a, I'm a small business and I have no idea what to do next and I'm just being told to, you know, do something, if you can just help them along in that process mm-hmm. and uh, oh. I think that that will help to attract it and then you'll get, you'll, you know, the vendors will all, they'll all come because if, if they smell some business exactly. there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they have nothing to lose, I don't <laughs> right. think. Right. I mean, that's the thing I would say to him is, hey, guys, you have nothing to lose. Another opportunity to market with hardly any of your marketing spend having to go my way. Seriously. You know, the, it, it's the hard part. It, on, the hard part that I think uh, will be, which is, I'm sure, a big focus of yours is getting that initial customer base, especially from the mm-hmm. small to medium sized customers. You know, they have to find out about you and they have to, you know, and you have to really Focus on you know whether you're doing what you're doing or what we're doing. We really look for who your anchor, you know, customers yeah. are, mm-hmm. your tenants, and then you know tell their story if you can, you know, and, and what they're doing, and, and I think that'll help. And you know what, Karen, because we got to wrap it up here, I have to tell you that the I think the key is going to be is you finding those vendors that will actually say, "Hey, we're part of this bundle," and they'll promote you automatically. Thanks, Kieran, for joining us. We really appreciate you calling in. And you can email me any more questions that you have. I look forward to your follow-up. And Mike will be back with you with more advice for startups. If Kieran wants to stay on the line just to listen in, 
you are more than welcome to because we're going to have some great advice for anyone wanting to scale their business. Now, back to Kim McNicholas on innovation. Welcome back to the show. I'm with Mike Armistead. He is the co-founder and CEO of Respond Software. And I really, in this world where there are so many of these cybersecurity companies emerging every single day, um, how is it that you, it's, it's all about, the people that think about innovation in the right way and are incredibly nimble are really the ones that are going to be successful in this business, in any business, with any startup. So how is it, and I know this is a very general question, but how do you think about innovation? You know, it, you got to think about it as as a core attribute even. And so the activities that you do daily, you start thinking about how do, how how can I think more innovative or how can I get that idea and spark it. And so really we when we started the company, the first thing we did was we went to the people that we knew in the industry that were we hoped would eventually be our customers and we immediately started sharing with them the idea. Uh, you know, I, uh, a co-founder from my previous company at Fortify Software had this great line and he used to always say, well, what you got to do is you got to go to the door, you got to knock on it and say, <laughs> hey, you know that problem you have with this, 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 and this. And if they're just looking at you and staring at you blankly, you go, okay, you don't have that problem, do you? <laughs> or, or if they go, yes, Kim, I know that problem you're talking about. I, you know, and, and you can gauge those reactions mm-hmm. about how, where they kind of land in the spectrum. And then, of course, you can try different things in that too. And so we, we actually um, built into the process of just building the product even. We, we had we had design workshops at the very early stages where we'd really share a lot of, oh, we think we're going to do this and this, and what do you think if, about that? And they would very give great feedback. you know. And it wasn't something they were naturally thinking. They're like, your customers don't often tell you, oh, I really need that. But if you start presenting them with things, they start to say, ah, oh, yeah, that would solve that problem. So we built that. And then now that we, are, you know, we have software and shipping software, we are maintaining this because we still view our release as uh, – as a feedback mechanism. And we've built different parts of our product to actually take that feedback, but we also listen pretty hard. And, and you really have to do that. It's a, you, you, you uh, aren't going to get it right. And if you're thinking to yourself, I'm going to go design this for the next two years, you know, when concept meets real world, <laughs> you know, things collide in all sorts of weird ways that you never could imagine. And so. It's at least with software, it's a matter of just, going onto a computer and you know shift you know doing a little different code right it's it's interesting with the former chief technology officer of Hewlett Packard Phil McKinney uh, used to tell me uh, he used to spend every weekend at Best Buy or any one of those electronic stores and sitting there and just w- observing the customers coming in and how they reacted to the different products and he would never lead the witness or anything but he would just observe hear what the customers were saying to the people, the representatives of Best Buy, back and forth. And there were situations where he seriously went right back to Best Buy and was like, you know what? I know this is difficult. I know it's hard, but we got to dump this. Yeah. And you got to be willing to do it hardware or software, but the sooner the better. Well, and, and, and the other element to it, though, that you have to be careful of is I don't get skewed by that one person I saw go look at that thing because they were having a bad day and they just were going to. You do. That's, yes. That is a really, really important point that no one's brought up on the show, that 
everybody has their own agenda. Mm-hmm. And you do have to take every bit of feedback with a grain of salt. Yeah, a bit. And what you're looking for are, are trending signals, mm-hmm. um, really. And so you're seeing, okay, as, as the last, you know, nine of the last 10 uh, reacted that way or, or, you know, or, you know, is it mixed? And then, you know, you have, and you have to make a judgment call. I mean, you know, parts of being in a startup is, is uh, a bit of you have faith and you have to say, I, I believe this is the right way to go. Um, you know, when you're a little older like myself and, you know, some of my co-founders, you, you have a little bit more of a gut that you can rely upon yeah. to say, I've done this and I, you know, I, I know pretty much how this is going to roll. Uh, not in how our company's going to roll, but the, what the customer's um, living. Um, but you always have to check yourself to, to make sure you didn't get stale, right? Because <laughs> you're, you're, you're out. Even, in, even when you do the startup, you're, you know, we've been in a year and a half. Well, that's a year and a half where we haven't actually been, you know, living the security operations, uh, you know, in a company or something like that. So, you know, you, you're exactly right. That, that's why that feedback loop, whenever, you know, that's the key to innovation. That's the, and, and, and to know where you're biased and where you're not biased. And I have, um, I work with a medical device company, and what I absolutely love is literally every single month, the CEO goes right there into those surgical procedures and immerses himself in there with the doctors to never let himself get stale, to always feel as though he is always in touch with who he's trying to sell to. Yeah, and you'll always be surprised by something they do. Um, early customer of ours uh you know they we 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 put a lot of care into building this feedback area to tell us you know if it was a good mm-hmm. incident that we escalated you or not and that too and then they told us well we're kind of scared to touch that button because we didn't know what it did <laughs> and so you go oh yeah of course you know i mean it, it, it's those those kinds of things because you're you of course just think oh it's feedback of course there's you know they should know that it's just like giving feedback to a person there's mm-hmm. hopefully to improve themselves but not, you know, it's a piece of technology. I'm going to push this button. I'm a little scared. So, you know, you learn from a lot of that kind of thing, too. And also when it comes to customers, and you said when you went to a few of your customers, they're like, wow, I didn't realize I had a problem or I didn't even realize that, that there could be a potential solution, automated solution to that. So we have about one minute left. So I'm going to give you something that you could take probably 10 minutes to answer and make you answer it in 30 seconds. So how do you get over that um, creating something that's never been done before for for your customers, you know, creating something new. And, and Richard Branson always says, don't let what you don't know and have never done before get in the way of what you want to do or adopting something like that. Yeah. To me, it's you've got to go pretty fast to have something to show them, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they won't, they'll be very skeptical, but you got to say, here's something, you know, put it in your environment, prove it to yourself. And you got to be able to stand behind what your idea is. Thank you so much, Mike, for joining us. I hope everybody has a fantastic weekend and stay cool. This has been Kim McNicholas on Innovation. You can connect with Kim on Facebook forward slash Kim McNicholas or email Kim McNicholas at gmail.com. Be sure to join us again next Friday at 1 for Kim McNicholas on Innovation. This show is distributed by the Innovators Network. For more information and other great shows and content, visit theinnovators.network. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.